Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I am Dano, one of your hosts, and with me is Pato. Welcome, Pato. Hello, Dano. It's It's been a tough weekend, but we are going to dissect it for all our friends out there. Yeah, we'll jump straight into it because we've got a time restriction this week. So injuries, first off, Dusty, concussion, fuck life, one week. Yeah, the, the concerning one about Dusty is they've now announced it, or Dimmer announced over the weekend that he's also dealing with a foot issue. So hopefully he'll still play with that foot issue, but it is a little bit concerning. But with the other injury crisis that we're in, we're going to have to hold him and just hope that foot comes good in the in the week and a half he'll have off. Lockie Neal did his ankle, going in for surgery. He's going to be out for a while. Yeah, four to six at least. That might even go even further, especially if the Brisbane, if the Lions fall off. So probably have to jump off him because it's more than a couple of weeks. And another one that you're going to have to jump off, a fucking Lord and Saviour, Dunkley. Did his shoulder, popped it right out of the socket, having surgery. He's going to be out for at least 12 to 16 weeks. Yeah, this one hurts me personally a lot because I mentioned in the podcast last week that I was bringing in Andy Brayshaw. I ended up reversing that and brought in Josh Dunkley. So he got me 260-odd points because I had the VC on him, but this one hurts because I only got one week out of him. And you know what hurts? Fucking Zeeble scoring the highest score of the round. But apparently he had a knock. I uh, don't want to talk about the score, uh, but he did come off with a knock late in the game. That's what fan footy says. I didn't see the game because nobody wants to watch North Melbourne play, but... uh, (laughs) I kind of hope it was a bad knock and this is the start of his injury downfall because it's almost too late to jump on and I'm banking on him either dropping off form-wise or picking up an injury, which at his age and with his injury history, probably likely, more likely than unlikely. The man's made a fucking tissue paper and no one's hitting him hard. So work that one out. Anyway, Reed from the Swannies. Apparently he did his calf. Yeah, I uh, usually wouldn't mention someone like Reed, but I think he was the seventh ranked forward last week, um, which is just fucking madness and just really sums up the forward situation this year in Supercoach. But he'll miss a couple of weeks. He's not in many teams, but you got to put him in there. O'Connor the Tagger did his hammy apparently. So keep an eye out on him. Yeah, the last couple of injuries that we've got here are O'Connor and George Hewitt as well. Two taggers, so they're not actually super coach relevant players. Nobody should have them in their teams, but they're relevant in the sense that all of a sudden you don't have to worry about a Geelong or Sydney tag because they're going to be going, if they do tag, they'll be going to someone that won't tag normally. Chad Warner actually tagged after Hewitt went down, but Took Miller still went off, so It's good that Warner's around the ball, so it means he's going to get plenty of the ball because most of us have him, but it means that midfielders might be able to get off the chain against them, so a couple of less taggers to worry about for at least a week or two. Yep, yep. We'll go on now to the low break-evens. So we got some downgrade targets. So the ones that have played two games and they're on the bubble. So we'll start off... Actually, Pato, you can start off with this one because, yeah, you went on a nice rant last week about it. Yeah, we've been uh, waiting for a few weeks now and we're not the only ones waiting because the whole fucking Supercoach community is is relying on it. But Brett Ratton, what the fuck are you doing? You've just got to help us out here. Tommy Highmore needs to play. Simple as that. 
they've just lost a defender to a suspension. Um, I can't remember his name because no one cares about the Saints, but I don't care who it is. <laughs> but Tommy Highmore, fucking get him in, please, Rats. Yeah, fuck you, Rat, and hurry up and get him in. Anyway, Connor Menadju, the former Tiger, now the fucking Kanga, 201K defender, minus 35 break even, got a 92 this week. He is one to watch. Yep, scored 92. Um, and from all accounts, looked decent. But once again, I'm not watching North Melbourne games. I've got better shit to do on weekends. But uh, 201,000 defender. I know he's got the game. I've seen it firsthand in VFL level, not so much at AFL, but looks like he might have found a role in that North Melbourne team. Um, I mean, he's kind of VFL standard, so he'll fit right in down at North Melbourne. Um, but if he's going to score some points, he might be a good cheeky downgrade option this week for our Supercoach teams. I don't even know how to pronounce this fucker's name. Is it Jai Farah or Farah? Farah, Farah, Ferrari, who gives a fuck? He's a pretty good option to trade in, I reckon. <laughs> 184k forward, minus 34 break even. He got an 83 and a 59. Motherfucker looks like an old man. Yeah. Built like a brick shit ass. Gets the footy. I reckon his job security is all right. Yeah, this is a pretty good target for a trade-in. Um, Farrar, hopefully can be a bit of a Ferrari for us uh, in our forward line. He's playing as a medium defender at, up at the Suns, um, but he gets a bit of the footy. And when you play as that medium defender, depending on the matchup, it can either be a lockdown role or it can be a, a bit of a floating off role. So hopefully it can be more of an intercept defender and have more of those 80 plus scores that he got in his first game, but definitely a nice little trading option. If you've got the swings for a dual position players, um, you would think that he have a pretty good job security because the Gold Coast Suns are going nowhere and they may as well play the kids. Um, so yeah, one to keep an eye on for sure. I can't believe you put this name on the run sheet, but I'm going to try it. Actually, no, nah, fuck it. I'm just going to say R2. R2 from North Melbourne. 175,000 defender, minus 31, break even. Got a 72 and a 62. VFL standard player playing for a VFL standard AFL side. So, yeah, you uh, you're, in trouble if, you're in trouble if you've got him at D2 because R2 should not be D2, but 175,000 <laughs> defender, negative 31, break even, decent scoring. So, he had played a few games for the Pies last year. Um, but they saw that he was no good. Uh, North have picked him up. A couple of decent scores, so could be a cheeky down, downgrade option if you like his job security. Well, one McRae is dominating the fucking football world at the moment, and the other one's kind of tr trying and failing dismally. But anyway, Finley McRae, 126K mid slash forward, minus four break even, got a 41 and a 37. He's there to make cash. I, don't, I, I can't see him losing his spot. Yeah, no, the only one that's try, trying and failing is that retard coach of theirs. But uh, I don't know why these kids have been dominating at VFL level in the midfield. Him and Rantel have both been uh, dominating at VFL level, but uh, playing in a forward pocket. They're not going to score well. I brought in McRae last week, a week early, thinking that he'd play in the midfield. But uh, his job security is good, you would think. Collingwood are no good. So 41 and 37 are shit scores, but he's got to hope that he eventually moves into that midfield a bit more. He might get one good score and then he's he's just there to make cash. Anyway, guys that have played one game, start off with Martin Frederic, $123,000 defender, had 23 touches on the weekend, half back, got an 88, looks solid. Yeah, you don't like to go early on rookies, but could be worth the gamble. This guy had plenty of the footy and uh, they dominated. So I don't see him losing his spot anytime soon, even with Lockie Jones only three or four weeks away again. But 
Hopefully he can hold his spot and play five or six weeks and get pretty good cash rises out of his scores. But an 88 on debut is very good effort from him. I'm going to call him Riley Thrillthorpe because that's what he fucking was on the weekend. 202k ruck slash forward. Got a 91 bagged. Five straight goals, man. Like, fucking hell. Um, Got to get him in at some stage. He probably won't kick five every week, but fuck, he looked good and he's huge. He's fucking huge. Yeah, uh, these new new forwards are absolutely massive these days, and this kid can move as well. So they like him down at the Crows, so they're probably going to give him a bulk of games this year. He's a really good one to chuck in your forward line for now, especially if you've got Flynn at R3. So chuck him in your forward line. The scores won't matter too much. He'll be up and down. He's a key forward, so he'll have bags of zero, and he'll have bags of six, five, maybe maybe not six, but he'll kick goals. He'll be a little bit up and down like Cozzy has been, but uh, really good to put in your forward line. And once... Flynn is ready to go out. Just chuck him into your R3 and turn Flynn into a forward premium whenever we figure out who those premiums are. Yep, yep. Last one's Nathan Murphy, 123,000 defender. Got a 47, 21 years of age. It's his fourth year in the system. So he's another one to keep an eye on. Yep, I like Murphy um, being a bit more of a mature rookie. Should hold his spot because, as I said before, Collingwood are no good. So I think he'll improve on that 47. He's a 21-year-old. So they're going to want to see what he's about in the system because he's dealt with some injuries, but he'll either play a bunch of games and impress enough to get a new contract or he gets listed. So that's the reality. And I like that situation because it means he's going to be pretty desperate to keep his job next year. Some rookies that could potentially be traded out or should they be traded out, I should say. We'll start off with Nicky Cox, my boy, Nicky Cox. 300,000 now, 78 break-even. You could easily hit that break-even, but more likely than not, he won't. Pato, what do you reckon? Yeah, Nick Cox is an interesting one because it really depends on how your team's looking. So if you've got Dunkley and Dusty, you might have to hold him in that forward line just for a playing rookie because... A lot of us have Waterman on their bench and he didn't play last weekend, got dropped, which is just shit out on the Sunday, but it is what it is. So you might have to hold him depending on who you've got. But if you don't have both of Dusty and Dunkley or you're not bringing two trades into your forward line, you might have to keep him. But if not, 300,000 is probably ready to go. He'll score decently, but he's made plenty of coins. So he's pretty good to turn into a premium by now. Yeah, he also could be in your defense. Like, he's in my defense too. So that's one of the benefits of those dual position players, defender forward swings. So, yeah, we'll move on to Braden Campbell, another dual position player, mid forward. Um, He's up to 235K, 65 break even, and he was the sub on the weekend. And, yeah, just no, not good. Yeah, he was meant to be rested. That's why he was the sub. And I think he came on end of the first quarter or something. So pretty much still played a full game. So I can't see him getting better if he can't have a proper rest, but I personally might have to hold him another week. So I hope he starts and he's had enough of a rest, but I mean, he might, he, he's going to keep going backwards by the looks of it. So one of those ones I might be stuck with for a little bit, but as a mid forward swing, pretty handy to have in your team. Just fucking push him up to the wing or something. Stop playing him off half back. Fuck. Anyway, Errol Goulden. 309k, 78 break even. What looked to be one of the fucking best super coach picks ever after the first two rounds, and then it just crashed dismally. So, yeah, what do you reckon, Pato? What do, what do we do with Errol Goulden? 
I got a little bit lucky with Gordon. I jumped off last week and I thought it was a little bit premature, but he's pumped out a 38. So he looks kind of cooked, to be honest, as a moneymaker and as a as a really high-scoring super coach player this year. So I think he's probably the one that you need to jump off because if he's going to pump out 30s or 40s, I think the Swans are probably going to start to struggle a little bit now that their kids are a bit tired. I think you've got to jump off Gordon. He's 309K, so he's a really good price to be trading out now. And Chapman from Freo, 269K, 68 break even. To be honest, I think you have to hold him with the lack of defensive options at the moment and just hope that he pumps out a really good score of like an 80 or a 90 or something. Yeah, Chapman's important if if Brett Ratton's going to keep dogging the boys. Um, but I agree. I think he's a hold for now. But if you've got no other issues, you're fucking lucky. But Chapman could be the one to go if you need a defensive rookie in. Yeah, I think you wanted to touch on this next subject uh, at the start, Pato, um, about trade-in targets and trades in general. So take it away, mate. Yeah, so um, with the carnage that's happened this year, it's really easy to get mad about it, but you've just got to deal with it. That's part of Supercoach. Uh, it's been probably worse this year than any other year, even last year where we got extra trades. Um, but I think it's really important this year more than others to buy low. So don't buy someone at their highest price Wait for them to bottom out. And we've got a few names that we'll rattle off after I've mentioned this, but look for the bargains because you're going to need the cash later on because trades are at an absolute premium this year with all these forced trades by everyone. So not only bringing in guys like Zeeble, who scoring like a must-have, um, but with these forced trades of Ridley, if you traded him, but Dunkley, Neil... It's been a pretty brutal year. So it's more than ever more important than to really find those low price premiums. Yep. Yeah. And we'll start off with one of them that I will, I believe next round will probably be his bottomed out price, which is Titch. Okay. Tommy Mitchell from Hawthorne currently is at 527K. He's got 144 break even this week and he's averaging 101. Now the Titch of old hasn't, quite come back yet he's still getting a fuckload of the pill but it's obviously not translating into super coach quality scores yet but he's one 35 40 disposal game away from cracking like 130 again so even if he does hit his break even this week he's still going to be that one at that 527 range so you either go down here or stay the same Yep. I've already got Titch, so um, I'm spewing. He would be an absolute trading target if I didn't. But don't be too swayed about his 101 average because when you trade a guy in, it's about what he averages for the rest of the year, not what he has been averaged because you, ha- you haven't had those scores. And I'm just going to read off his next seven weeks, which looks absolutely juicy, Dano. Listen to this. He's got the Saints this week, and then he's got the Eagles, who are absolutely fucking pathetic on the weekend. Then they've got the VFL team in the Kangaroos. Then they've got Carlton. Gold Coast, Sydney, and then Essendon. That is a very juicy couple of months coming up for Hawthorne. They may even snag a few wins there, but I'm looking for Tom Mitchell and the next guy that we're going to mention because I've got them both in my team, but I'm looking for them to have a really good couple of months here and really shoot up the the averages. From one Tom to another, we go to Tommy Phillips, which is the other guy you're talking about. 385K, 89 break even, averaging 75. But as you said, it's what he averages from when you trade him in. I personally don't like what I'm seeing from him. I have been watching a few games and he doesn't look quite like the old fucking Collingwood version before they started playing him out of position where he was just on the wing being a fucking seagull. 
Yeah. So I actually think the opposite. I think he's really warming into it now. Um, a lot of people jumped off him last week. They're just fed up with his shit out scores, but he's down to 385,000. Now I don't see him getting much lower than that. His break even is 89. So he might go down a couple of thousand, but he got to an 83 on the weekend after being on about 40 at quarter time. But I think he's going to start from about now. And he's so cheap. He's averaging 75, which isn't horrible in this shit ass forward line this year. But I reckon he's really going to start taking off now. But we'll see if I'm eating my words in a month or so. Andy Brayshaw, my boy, 479K, 53 break even. He's averaging 100. You take out the two games that he got tagged. And he's averaging 121.5. Fucking unreal. And I don't think any any other team are going to be tagging him with Fife back in. So, Pato, what do, what do you reckon? That's some pretty good research there, Dano. Uh, but anyway, I this is a perfect example of buying high versus buying low. So you bought him at this high point. I don't know what he was when you brought him in, Dano, but it would have been up towards 600K. Am I wrong? No, it was about 550, 540, 550K I brought him in. Okay, so that's not horrible. It's 70 or 80K cheaper now, but he's got a break even of 53. So his price is going to shoot up, but I'm not bringing him in to make money. I'm bringing him to him in to be a primo. And I don't know if he can average 120 from here on, but I'm backing him in to average 110, 115 for the rest of the year and be my absolute lock for a target this week. You've heard it here. This is the guarantee. If you don't bring Andy Brayshaw in this week, you should probably stop playing Supercoach. Yeah, you'll be fucked. Uh, Toby Green. Toby fucking Green. 505k, 113 break even, 100 average. Yeah, take it away, Pato. He's got a very juicy fortnight coming up, Dano, and the Giants might even get a couple more wins here. Well, they should anyway, but 505,000. Don't worry about his break even because he's got the Crows and the Bombers in the next two weeks who have absolutely been leaking points against forwards. So... I'm backing him in to go 120 plus for the next two weeks. So if you're looking for a forward and we're all looking for forwards this week, Toby Green might be a really good point of difference. Another one, Dane Zorko, who I have, 485K, 83 break even, 94 average. He's, he's going to play in the guts, surely. Like more midfield time, surely. Yeah, I really like Zorko as an option. Not many people are talking about him because someone had a really big game yesterday who we'll mention in a second, but... Zorko will probably play a bit more midfield with Neil out. So at the moment, he's playing about 60% midfield, 40% forward. But I can see that going up to a, more of a 70 or 80% split between midfield and forward. So Zorko, he's only averaging 94 now. But as we mentioned before, it's about what he averages from here on in. And if he gets six weeks of 110 plus, that average will shoot up. So will his price. And I think he's a really good target for this week. Shay Bolton, 453K, 58 break even. So we'll mention this a little bit later because I've had a question about Shay Bolton, but one of my favorite players at Tigerland, he's killing it. He's got a three-round average of 106, very low break even, but we'll see what his role will be, but we'll talk about him a little bit later. Yep. Steel side butt, okay, steel side bottom, which is his actual name but we all call him side butt or side anus. Anyway, 493,078 break even, averaging 85. Yeah, it's side butt. Like, honestly, got to get him in at some stage. And I think this will be the round that will be his bottom, his bottom price. 
Yeah, um, I'm spewing. I can't work out a way to get Andy Brayshaw and side bottom in at the same time this week, but I'm not bringing side bottom this week, but next week he's going to be a little bit more expensive. He's probably going to shoot just over 500,000 next week, but he's my number one target for next week. I feel like he's going to get plenty of those midfield minutes, had a huge game yesterday. He's getting back to full fitness after a bit of an interrupted start of the season. So I like him to really do well from this point in. He's got a three-round average of 97, and which seems low for still side bottom. But you got to remember, he's a forward this year in Supercoach. So he's a great target. I think he's going to be one of those top six forwards. One of the players that just exploded everywhere on the G on Anzac Day, Darcy Parrish. 496K, 51 break-even. He fucking destroyed Collingwood. And I have a feeling that that's his breakout game. He was polished. He was so clean. Something that they were lacking from Sheil and Caldwell, who are injured at the moment. So, I ca- yeah, I, I can't see him shifting out of there. And he'd be a really good pod. Yeah, this one's a little bit riskier because he was a forward last year and didn't have a lot of attention in teams because we just had better options in our forward line last year. But... 496,000 midfielder. This is what I talk about when buying low. And this could make or break someone's season. So if someone's lucky enough to be in the top 1,000, maybe 5,000, this is the sort of person that you could risk bringing in and will absolutely catapult you into the top 100. He's got a three-round average of 113, which obviously is really ballooned from his score yesterday. But if he can lock down this permanent midfield role, which, I mean, surely... Ben Rutten isn't stupid enough to not play him in the midfield now after that, even when those guys return. But I can see this being a real breakout game, as you said, Dano. And at 500,000, you could do worse than bringing Parrish in and really do well for the rest of the year. For those that don't know, we record on a Monday. So when Pato says yesterday, he means Anzac Day. Libba, 498k, 72 break even. I personally wouldn't go there just because of the dogs midfield, actually the dogs team in general, just the spread of points, as you keep mentioning every week, Pato. So but what do you reckon? This is one of those, another one of those wheelbarrow nut moments. So Dunkley's obviously going to miss three, maybe even four months. So most of the rest of the season, someone's got to replace Dunkley in that midfield. And while the obvious choice would be someone like Trelaw, I think, they really like someone to do the hard work in there. And I can't think of anyone else in that team that will do the hard work as well as Dunkley than Tom Liberatore. What about Bailey Smith? Yeah. Look, Bailey Smith has a mullet of dreams, um, but I don't know whether he's going to be the permanent midfielder that they're looking for. Um, I think he'll stay out on a wing personally. I, I could be wrong. Bailey Smith could be the guy, but this could be a big risk if you're going to bring him in. But, so off the back of that huge game on Friday night from Libba, he had 139 super coach. So he could be the one that makes that replacement for Dunkley, but smarter option would probably be to see what the midfield spread is this weekend against the Tigers, but we'll see what they do. Yep. Yep. I'll chuck in uh, one by the name of Tom Hawkins. So he's 464K. He's just come off of a 105. So he's, Last year is an absolute fucking primo forward. With Jeremy Cameron back in the side, I do believe that this man is about to fucking pop. And you know how much I hate key forwards in this game, but Tom Hawkins is one of the exceptions. He likes the goal assists. He likes the goals. He fucking pushes up the ground. He gets contested marks. So 
watch this space. I'll put my fucking, I'll, I'll bring him in myself, Tom Hawkins. I'll bring him in myself. I reckon he's about to explode. And I think this is going to be the cheapest that we will see him. He's got a break even of 89. So 464K, watch this space. Yeah, it's not a bad shout. And uh, he's had that big, big ish score with Jeremy Cameron coming into the team. Now, Jeremy Cameron's actually the one I would prefer as a forward option from Geelong personally. I'm not going to bring him in just yet. I'm going to give him maybe one more week and see how he goes this weekend against the Swans. But price at 388,000. He's someone that I might jump on next week, but we'll see how it plays out. Uh, but I can see Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins both having some big games. We know Geelong like that, like to flat track, flat track bully teams during the season and peak way too early, but could be great options as a huge point of difference, either of them for this season. JPK, AKA Josh P. Kennedy, 503K, 69 break even, averaging 93 at the moment, but his three round average, what is it, Pato? 110, and uh, we know Josh Kennedy has a really good history of scoring. He used to be an uber primo back in the day, and he may get back to that point. You know what? He's in just 638 teams this year. That's 0%. It's not quite 0%, so I don't know why that says that on the Supercoach website. But, uh, <laughs> proven scorer over many years, just hitting his straps. Watch this space with Josh Kennedy. I've got him in draft. And um, every year he starts off slow. Sorry, I can remember back when he was an Uber Primo, he used to start off strong. But over the past few years, he starts off quite slow and then he gets into that rhythm. So, yeah, I think you're onto the one there, Pato. Um, Crispy Bacon. Crisp is 494K, got an 82 break even, 97 average. He's the most durable fucker out there. Hope touch wood. I got no wood to touch. Fuck. Um, that he doesn't get injured. <laughs> Because I don't think he, I, I can never recall him ever getting injured. So, uh, what do you reckon, Pato? Yeah, this guy doesn't miss games. He's priced under 500,000. He's in just 3% of teams. So, if you're looking for a defender down back who might play a bit more midfield or has played bit more midfield minutes this year, then look no further than Crisp. He's averaging 97. So, pretty good option down back, I would think. Another good option down back, and I will give this bloke a shout out, Lockie Ash. Um, I know a bloke called Lockie Ash who plays Supercoach and he listens to this podcast and he's a fan of your work, Pato. And he brought in Lockie Ash from the get-go. So he's fucking laughing at the moment. 451K, 45 break-even, 94 average, 115, three-round average. Holy fuck, take it away, Pato. Yeah, wow. Uh, your mate, Lockie Ash, is... Got him in at 320K, so huge shout-out to him because that is a ripper selection. Um, but his three-round average is 115, which is just fucking mental. And a five-round average of 100, which shows it's not just a flash in the pan like that Adelaide spastic that everyone brought in. And it's really taken a really good roll down at the Giants. So huge point of difference in just 1% of teams. And with a break-even of 45, he's going to shoot up in price and he's only 450,000. So look, we love, a, we love a good pod down here at the Supercoach Co-Captain, so jump on Lockie Ash if you like. To be honest, people that are worried about Lockie Whitfield coming in and affecting Ash's scoring, he's starting to really find his feet for the Giants. I watch their games. The kid is everywhere. He's fucking everywhere. He's taking kick-ins, doing all that shit. 
That will free, hopefully, Lockie Whitfield to not play halfback flank, but actually play wing slash half forward flank and alternate and hopefully push Josh Kelly back up onto the wing, even though Josh Kelly's better in on in the guts of things. But hopefully that happens and um, Lockie Ash can keep playing and can coexist with Lockie Whitfield. The Lockies, it's all the Lockies at fucking the Giants. Yeah, no, you'd think so. Lockie Ash is a number four pick, so... Huge talent and looks like he's finding his straps already. He's not even 20 years old. So the Giants have a real star on their hands there, but we'll see what happens with the Whitfield situation now. Did you watch the VFL on the weekend, Dano? How did Whitfield go? Yeah, he didn't play. We had seven listed AFL players. Okay. All right, question time. So we've got a few. This is probably the most questions we've ever fucking had, Pato. Yeah, uh, maybe people are realizing that we know what we're fucking doing and we're really good to listen to, so... Keep those questions coming in every week, but few questions that are on everybody's minds. So let's take it away. So Tate, one of our keen, avid listeners, Tate was asking what top six forwards uh, should he be targeting and who are actually available? Well, in my opinion, I wouldn't even look at a lot of the top six forwards at the moment because a lot of them are up and down as fuck. Um, I'd be trying to find the fallen primos. So I don't even think Sidebottom is even in the top six forwards, but he fucking will be. He's finding his groove. He's at his cheapest right now. And another one, like I said, Tom Hawkins, I reckon is going to be up there too. And that's what they average for you from now on. So they're my two suggestions up forward or even a Dane Zorko. Yeah. Still Sidebottom's ranked 26th in the averages for forwards. So, uh, He's way down, but don't worry about that. As you said, Dano, it's about what they average from here on out. So I like steel side of bottom. I don't mind the Tom Hawkins pick either, even though we disagreed on which Geelong forward to bring in. And Dane Zorko is a ripper decision there, but he's the eighth ranked forward right now. Well, that's not a top six forward, is it? He's top eight, so. Well, no, but Tate is asking for forwards that are available this week. And Zach Butters injured himself. Dusty's missing a week. We've already covered that, Dano. Come on, get with the program, mate. Fuck you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Another nice option this week, Rowan Marshall. So I'm a little bit bullish on Marshall, and I'll explain why in a second. But he had 132 on the weekend. Huge, huge game. Just his second game for the weekend. But here's why I'm bullish, Dano. Paddy Ryder is returning next weekend. Well, he should be anyway. He played the VFL on the weekend. From all accounts, had a really good game and looked pretty good. So he'll probably come back in. I just want to see how much Rowan Marshall is going to ruck with Paddy Ryder in the team because going off last year, they preferred Paddy Ryder in the ruck to Rowan Marshall. Made a real difference in that final win that they have. He got injured and then probably really cost them against the Tigers the following week in the finals. And that's how they got knocked out. But Rowan Marshall is a gun. I really rate him as an option for super coach, but I really want to see the forward and ruck swing percentages with Ryder in the team. What are your thoughts? I reckon that Marshall's just a bona fide gun and it won't matter. And he'll just fucking slap it silly. So yeah, I'm, I'm willing to wait and see on that one, but if you oh, yeah, want so. to bring him in early, um, you could do worse because he's probably going to hit the ground flying. I mean, hit the ground running. Yeah. <laughs> he's... If you're hitting the ground flying, you're fucking falling, mate. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'll say that again. Nah, that's fucking hilarious. Keep we're keeping right. that in. All right, keep it in. The bands, the bands. 
Uh, Aaron has asked options for injured primos. Well, we pretty much fucking covered it there. I mean, the only real injured primos this week, the major ones were Dusty, who's concussed side, hold him, and Dunkley. Dunkley's the main one. And what we should really be focusing on is not quite, as we said earlier, bring just trading primo for primo. We've got to try and find some value somewhere. So trade in someone that's bottomed out and then upgrade one of your rookies with the extra cash to someone who who has also bottomed out. It's like a Hawkins, side bottom, Zorko, um, Brayshaw, those sorts of guys. Yeah. Uh, the only the only thing I can add to that is if you do have all of those guys, you must be doing pretty fucking well. But <laughs> you can probably afford, if you've got Dunkley and you've got the extra 30-odd K, to go to McRae if you missed him, he's only 34,000 more with a break-even of 108. So I reckon he will push 700,000 and almost out of reach. So if you can afford to, Dunkley to McRae isn't the worst thing in the world because you're going from one ultra primo to another ultra primo and obviously teammates, but you could do worse than bringing McRae in, but that's probably the only one that I'd be trying to chase if you're not smart like me and didn't start Gorn and Grundy, but that's another issue again. Yep, yep. So Luke has asked, who is the next premium to get injured? <laughs> You're a fuckwit, Luke. Um, but I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna do it. It's probably gonna nah, actually nah, better not, better not, better not, but it's probably gonna be someone that's made a tissue paper. Well, uh, we love you, Luke. So you are a bit of a fuckwit sometimes, but we do love you regardless. But anyway. Um, Luke also asked, is Bolton Okay, Shay Bolton, a serious option. Now, Pato, you said you wanted to talk about this towards the end, so go for it. Yeah, um, Bolton is a really interesting one. One of my favourite players. This guy's a fucking gun. Um, just quickly, I, I hope we do get to re-sign him, but Ralph Carr's just said we're going to talk about it at the end of the year, and that's never good news, but we don't talk about that on, on the podcast here. We talk about Supercoach. So he's got a three-round average of 106, and that's why people are starting to take notice. He's only 453000 so he's pretty cheap and a break-even of 58. Here's where I'm a little bit bullish on him. Dion Prestia. He got injured three weeks ago. Now, in that three weeks, Shea Bolton has gone 110, 110, and 99 in that abomination on the weekend. So, huge scores since he's returned. Now, he had two decent scores in round one and two, 85 and 88, but they're against Carlton and Hawthorne. So, let's ignore those scores. The one concerning one was the Sydney game. Now, I was at that Sydney game. He played a lot forward, and I don't know whether he struggled in that forward line or whether he was sulking a little bit because he wasn't playing midfield. But he had an absolute shocker. Now, I am really concerned that when Dion Prestia returns, and he's probably only one or two weeks away, is he going to keep up this midfield role? Now, as a Richmond fan watching the games and knowing how much of a star this kid is going to be, I think we need to throw him in there and give him all the midfield minutes he wants, not only to keep him happy so he re-signs, but also because I think that's what is the best option for our team on the park in Richmond. But it would be a little bit risky with bringing him in before Presti is back just to see what his role is going to be. But we'll see what happens with that one. Mitchie Strawn asked uh, suggestions uh, for the Dunkley trade because he's got both Zeeble and he also has your boy, uh, his name escapes me, Phillips. He's also got Phillips. So uh, he wants to know who to bring in. We pretty much covered it, I reckon. No one will really have side, but if not, go Zorko or someone like that. So 
Um, yeah, if you've already got those guys and you have a midfield forward swing, I said it before, I'd be looking at Andy Brayshaw 100%. But if you don't have that swing for whatever reason, I'd be looking at, yep, Sidebottom, Zorko, Rowan Marshall, if you're not concerned about Paddy Ryder, but they're the two I'd be looking at. Yeah, or even try and get someone into your midfield that has that DPP. Because I think this year more than ever, those DPP players are actually going to be very handy, like your Rory Leds and all them. Yeah, um, absolutely. Oh, well, yep. Final question from Jed, okay, James Durkin, okay, the Dirks, okay, fucking seediest mustache on the planet. Uh, top six forwards for the year. I reckon it's way too early to tell, to be honest. I so when we're looking at forward options, I reckon you look at the top eight. I don't think it's possible to get nail the top six, but I might have a crack at guessing the top eight, and we could look back at that if we want, or we can completely ignore it if I'm completely wrong. But I reckon Dunkley, you got to throw in there because he's already had the scores and he might play one or two at the end of the year. I think Zebel, so there's your top two. I think Dusty's going to be in there. I think Zorko is going to be there. I think Cybottom's going to be there. That's five. Toby Green, I think, is going to be in there. There's six. Now, the next two is where it gets a little bit interesting. I don't think Shea Bolton will move into that spot, but we'll see what happens there. I don't think Tom Phillips is going to move into that top eight, although I hope I'm wrong there because I got him and I'm probably stuck with him now for the whole year. But the next two is where it gets really interesting because I'm scanning through names and no one's really... Butters. standing out so it could be a jeremy cameron i'm going to throw him in there as a seven or eight whoa and the next one i mean jarman impy let's let's say him he's got a pretty good role we'll see if he keeps it up but yeah he might be in that spot or oh, rowan marshall is the other one yeah i would have said marshall over all of them so anyway there you go jed now, we are not called the Supercoach Co-Captains for nothing. Every week, we give you guys VC and C options to think about. So we'll get right into the Friday night blockbuster, which isn't really a blockbuster anymore because Mr. MCG is now concussed and isn't playing. So Richmond versus the Western Bulldogs. Take it away, Pato. Yeah, this one could get ugly. I reckon the Bulldogs will win by about 10 goals, but I don't really want to talk about that. We're here to talk about Supercoach. So... I'm actually going to throw a VC off in this game because I think there's a certainty coming up in the first game on Saturday. But mm. Jaden Short's going to be my VC. He's the only one that I have in this game that will be playing. Unfortunately, I don't have McRae, which hurts to say. Yeah. Um, but Jaden Short's going to be my VC. Yeah, I was just going to go McRae. So he'll be my VC. Yeah, Adam Trelaw's building quite nicely. So he's another one if you brought him in. Um, anyone else in that game, Pato? Or that's pretty much it. Uh, no one really stands out. Um, I mentioned Caleb Daniel last week and he was fucking terrible. So let's not talk about him anymore. <laughs> um, Saturday's game, Collingwood versus the Suns. This game probably wants, yeah, this, this game kind of makes me want to just not watch football. Um, but here's one for you. VC option. Steel side bottom. He's building nicely. He didn't look still to be fully fit on the weekend, but when you're not still not playing your hundred percent best and you're cracking over a hundred, it only takes one game, and I reckon that'll be against the Suns, where he goes fucking 
bang, 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 and pumps out like a 140. So still side bottom will be mine for that one. That or Brody Grundy because he's the obvious choice, but everyone doesn't want the obvious choices from us, I have found out. Well, if that's the case, I won't mention BG, but he's going to be my lock and load captain for 180 this weekend. But uh, if we want a left field one, Jack Crisp. Oh, crispy bacon. Nice, nice. Um, I think here's one for you. Here's one for you. How many teams have Noah Anderson? Because I think this kid is going to fucking destroy the Collingwood midfield. He's been building nicely. He's an under-the-radar target. I kind of wanted to include him this week in that potential breakout contender slash bargain basement price people. He's around 470K. He's just building nicely. So it won't surprise me if he's a very high draft pick and he finally has that massive game where he's just like, yo, fuckers, I'm not in Matt Rowell's shadow. He's in mine now. Luckily, because Matty Rowell would probably get sunburned in Noah Anderson's shadow. He's that fucking pale. But uh, <laughs> I like Noah Anderson. I think it's going to be a gun. I don't like him as a super coach option this year. I don't like second-year players in that role. Uh, but next year is probably the year that he's maybe on some people's radars, including myself. I've kept that one quiet up until now, but just let the cat out of the bag now. But wouldn't surprise me if he does well against the Pies because they're fucking terrible. Yeah. The other one's Jack Bowes. If the Pies can't kick goals in there, well, if they keep getting in their forward line and spraying it and getting behind, Jack Bowes will just lick his lips and be like, thank you, kick-ins, yum, yum, yum. Anyway, move on to the blockbuster. <laughs> I have to try and pump it up somehow. Adelaide versus the Giants. Take it away, Pato. Who are your VCC options in this yeah. one? The Dano Cup, uh, we'll call this one. But <laughs> I like... Toby Green to, to get off the chain against the Crows and put on a bit of a showdown at Adelaide Oval. Before I started supporting the Giants, I was an Adelaide Crows supporter, but I never lived in Adelaide. It's just my old man pretty much chucked me in the deep end when I was born in 93. So I chose the Giants after I could actually choose a team. So anyway, that's irrelevant now. Um, Toby fucking Green, yeah, that's a fucking good option. I am going to go... I keep saying Josh Kelly every week, but this week I'm not going to but I'm only doing it in hopes that he actually fucking does something. <laughs> the reverse jinx. I like it. Yeah. Let's see if this works. Anyway, um, I can, I actually, this is, this is going to be an interesting one. I believe that Texan won't go ape shit. So I'm going to scrub him off my radar because I reckon Sammy Taylor's going to give him a fucking bath. Um, Rory Laird, Rory Laird for me in this one. Um, either that or Timmy Taranto because he's finding his feet again. Yeah, Rory's a boring one, but probably a pretty good option in this game. Yep, yep. Sorry, sometimes I'll go a little bit vanilla, but yeah. No <laughs> one's going to fucking pick Rory Laird, though, because there's... <sighs> Further down, you'll understand why. Anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, St Kilda versus Hawthorne. Um, do you want to go vanilla with this one, Pato? You know, the only two from this game that probably make a little bit of sense is Tom Mitchell and Jack Steele. Other than that, I really can't see anyone. Yeah, neither can I, to be honest. Um, the only other one would be if you got the gonads. Actually, it's not really gonads. If if you brought in Rowan Marshall, he's another option, in my opinion. There could potentially be a left fielder that could go big. So there's that. Brisbane Lions versus Port Adelaide. This game intrigues the fuck out of me and i know that you're going to be chomping at the bit 
to talk about one player because we forgot about him earlier, Pato. We forgot about a Brisbane Lions player that's been playing inside mid and we fucking forgot. And who is that player, Pato? Well, did we forget or are we trying to keep it quiet for ourselves? No, we wouldn't do that for our listeners. But uh, yeah, Jared Lyons, it's not a super coach co-captain's podcast without mentioning the great man. Uh, could even go to another level again without locking Neil. We'll see what happens. But if you've got him, you're probably a pretty good chance here against the, the, the Port Adelaide power. It's going to be a nice contested game. He's going to get plenty of those contested possessions. Well, that's not who I was referring to, Pato. Oh, you're talking about the other one. Ah, the Clug Man. Yes, Hugh McCluggage is who I was referring to. Ever since he started playing in the absolute guts, how has he been scoring, Paddo? So we've got our favourite, the Guff, and I reckon we're going to call this guy the Clug. Not quite as good as the Guff, but we'll roll with it. Anyway, as an inside mid, he had 103 against the Bulldogs, so... That's a pretty good score against that midfield. But in the two weeks after that, 140 and 120. That gives him a three-round average of 123 and a five-round average. So if you throw in the two scores before that, of 109. He's in just 2% of teams and he's quietly having quite a good year. Yeah. And the expert fuckwit Kane Corns has pretty much said that Hugh McCluggage He's a bona fide gun now and he's starting to become one. And look, to be honest, we forgot to mention him earlier, so we'll mention him now. Humor Cluggage, VC option with the big man, Lockie Neal, out. Um, he's an option to also bring in as well. And he's someone that I will explore personally. So the Clug will be for me and Dane Zorko because I got I got to have a Dane VC option. Yeah, no, it's uh, pretty, pretty essential every week, isn't it? Yep, yep, yep. Anyone from Port Adelaide, other than the obvious one, Pato? No, they've been a bit spread out this year, so it's really hard to find captain options from them. Well, you could do a VC if you're one of the few teams that has Ollie Wines, for example, um, and you've got Maxi Gorn. You can always go Ollie Wines into a Maxi Gorn um, VCC option. Um, that or Travis Spoke. Anyway, just speaking about the guff before, we'll move on to the next game. It is. Sydney versus Geelong um, in this one. And I'm going to do it again, Pato. Bonafide. I said it last week. You got 144. I'm going with the guff. Fucking bang, bang. Yep. So the guff has been doing really well with Dangerfoot out of the team. And he's going to miss quite a number of weeks. So really good for you if you've got him in your team. But this is a little bit of a danger game for him, in my opinion, only because... Luke Parker and Josh Kennedy, they are midfield bulls and they'll go head-to-head with the Guth and Selwood and those sort of guys. So I'm not sure if he gets let off the chain, but if you've got the Guth and we are behind him to have a big game, hopefully he does well. The other one, and it's going to be, well, I'll say other two. There's two players and it's going to be one or the other. I reckon that could go fucking 170 plus in this game. And that's Jeremy Cameron or Tom Hawkins. I was about to say, is it is it one of the two key forwards we were talking about before? Yeah, and I'm hoping I picked the right one. <laughs> yep, so I'm going to put my money on Cameron because I know you're going to bring in Tom Hawkins. So it's going to be Jeremy Cameron just to kick it in a little bit further because you're a Giants man. Fuck you. Um, anyone from <laughs> Sydney? Um, no, nah, they're going to fall off a cliff now. 
Yeah, fair, fair. Anyway, we go on to the former VFL side with the current VFL side. Uh, that is North Melbourne being the VFL side and Melbourne being the former VFL side. 18th versus second blockbuster Sunday game. Pado, we hate mentioning him, but I think it's time that we acknowledge, well, I acknowledged him a couple of weeks ago as a joke, but Jack Siebel is a bona fide C option. I mean, yeah, if you've got him, it's hard to ignore those scores and he'll probably have a big game. Now, it could also depend on where this game is played because there's a bit of a COVID cloud over the Kangaroos. They've got a quarantine in Melbourne and they may not be allowed to go down to Tassie. But if this game is in Tassie, now, I know North are no good and I've said it a million times on this podcast. They are fucking terrible. But this could be a little bit of a danger game for them because... I don't know how Melbourne are going to go down in Tassie. But anyway, I don't really like Zeebel as an option because Max Gorn's playing. And yeah, yeah, Todd Goldstein is a great ruckman. But last time Max Gorn rucked against Todd Goldstein, he scored 212 points. Now, ironically enough, it's at the same venue as this game is meant to be played, Blundstone Arena. So watch this space. Big 200. We could see a couple of 200 scores, you reckon, Pato? Is there enough super coach points for two 200s in one game? No, I'm not talking that game. I'm talking the Geelong game because I reckon 180 plus. Well, interesting. So if you can if you can nail both those scores down, you might be looking at a bit of a weekly target, Dano. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so Josh yeah, Max. You'd have to pull his fucking finger out, though. Yeah, fucking fuck. Come on, Josh Kelly. What the fuck? Just kick like 50 goals or something in a game. Fuck. Anyway, Essendon versus Carlton. There's a bit of a point of difference, even though you won't do it and you probably don't have him, but we did mention him earlier. Darcy Parrish, um, if he's really exploded. But any game after the Melbourne one is just not worth really mentioning, but we'll keep doing it for those that don't have Maxi Gorn. So, um, yeah, Darcy Parrish from Essendon. Um, anyone else, Pato? Yeah, there's a load of options prior to these last two games, but for our listeners, we'll mention it. Jordan Ridley on the return. Now, Carlton are no good. If Paddy Cripps is going to keep butchering the ball forward and Carlton are no good, then uh, he might get on the end of a few intercept possessions. And after a week off, hopefully that concussion is fine. He might be a big score this week. Sammy Walsh, another one. He's just plugging away nicely. Yep, not a bad shout. And the last game is the West Coast Eagles versus the Fremantle Dockers, a big fucking derby game. Unfortunately, can't see too many big scores really in this one for the Eagles. Um, Fremantle, on the other hand, I do, but um, I'll let you lead this one, Pato. Yep. Uh, we'll purposely call it the derby because uh, Perth have it very wrong by calling it whatever the fuck they call it. There's no you in there. But anyway, um, Andy <laughs> Brayshaw, I don't mind him against the Eagles. Now, hopefully he can avoid certain fists from certain opponents at this weekend, but uh, I really like Andy Brayshaw as an option. Nat Fife, if he learns to fucking kick a goal. Like, I think he's one goal 11 at the moment. Like, holy yeah, shit. It's not good for someone. His, his skill It's probably the difference between being him and Dusty is just the fact that Dusty can kick a goal and Nat Five just can't find him, but he's a star regardless. Yeah, well, if he can even snag three goals, because he has that many fucking shots on goal at the moment, if he can snag three goals, he can go massive. 
Now, I'm going to mention someone that is very underrated. And I mentioned to him to you, I think yesterday, was it, Pato, or today? Yeah, I think I know exactly who you're about to mention, but carry on. If you can't afford Grundy and you can't afford Gorn and you've only got one of them, there's a player for Fremantle by the name of Sean Darcy. Now, he is plugging along fucking beautifully. And I have, I just, he's up against Nick Nat, but just hear me out. I can't, I can't see this guy dropping below 100 at this stage, just the way he's playing. Yeah, his last three games, he's got 129, 105, and 120. First two games he played was 91 and 90. So he's got a break even of 74. His current price is 508K. And as a captain option, I feel like he's breaking out in front of our eyes and it will not surprise me if he explodes in this game. It won't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. Now, Sean Darcy is a real interesting one. Uh, we probably should have mentioned him earlier on in the podcast when we we're talking about these sort of guys, but yeah. let's mention him now. Really weird because he was an emergency in round one, which I don't know what long while I was thinking there because he is clearly their best ruck. Now, round two and three, he played with Lloyd Meek. And uh, Lloyd Meek did more rucking than Sean Darcy. But let's be real. Sean Darcy is their ruckman. Anyway, in the three weeks since then, he's gone 129, 105, and 102. Now, that's against the Hawks, Crows, and Kangaroos. So they don't have slouches as ruckmen. So I don't know how he's going to go against Nick Nat, but I know he's going to get plenty of tackles. I know he's going to bruise Nick Nat. And I know he's going to get hit out. So... I don't know about a captaincy option, but he's a great bus bargain basement ruck choice if you can't afford Gorn or Grundy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm saying it won't surprise me. And I got the rule of 130 that if he does go 130 in this game, because he can push forward, he can kick those goals. He's resting a lot more in the forward line. So yeah, it won't surprise me in the slightest if he does actually score really well. And it won't surprise me. And it's bad to say that if Nick Nat only plays like 55% of the game. Anyway, that's all we got time for this week. Uh, hopefully we've been helpful. Anyway, get us on our socials. I am at D-A-N-E-O-S triple C. Pato, what is your handle on Twitter? I am at P-A-T-T-O-S triple C. Fuck yeah. And hit us up on Twitter. Give us a follow. Yeah. So from us at the Supercoach co-captains, I am Dano. I am Pato. And this is us signing the fuck off.